Welcome to the Bad Sports Show with me, Dr. John Mills. Alongside me today is Dulwich College's Head of Rowing and PhD student, Tristan Mayglothlin. And we are talking about whether it is right that Adam Jamili and Levi Nelson have lost their funding uh, with UK Athletics for standing by their coach, Rainer Reno. So Tristan, welcome. How are you you doing this evening? Uh, Yeah, I'm very good. Thank you very much. Yeah, looking forward to doing this a different way. Yeah, I think it should be good. Um, Yeah, I think the debate format has been interesting. Um, And we will obviously go back to it in in future weeks. Uh, But I think for this week and for this topic, especially, it's, it's... it's probably quite nice to uh, to dig in a little bit more deeply around this area. Um, so I just wonder if um, if you could give us a bit of a background. I know I'm not expecting you to know everything about this case, and I'm kind of putting you on the spot a little bit in this conversation. But so, what do you know about this this case and this situation currently? Uh, okay, so <clears throat> um, UKA introduced a new uh, policy under their former performance director which was around relationships with athletes um and then as a result of changing it so that you can't have a relationship with your athlete regardless of age or consent if you're a if you're a member of staff with the uka or an affiliated coach uh that sprung up some historical um complaints which were through um uh, sexual abuse through the u.s center for safe sport uh, into a coach that used to work for UKA and then was still a um, consultant coach, like freelance, and then uh, has been coaching three of GB's top sprinting team in recent years. So um, that's how it sort of was alerted. The The timing of some of the complaints is is more uh, from around 2014. Um and so, yeah, it's it's kind of come about uh, as a result of the change in policy from UK athletics rather than as a result of specifically people going after after a, a story or a coach. Okay, and these two athletes then, so um, it's Adam Jamili and I'm not sure if I even know, probably Levi Nelson. Nelson. Yeah. Um, so... As I understand it, they've had their funding cut, or, or they were told by uh, UK Athletics that to cease contact, to cease uh, the relationship with their coach from a certain period of time. And basically, if they didn't, then they would lose their funding, and that's kind mm-hmm. of that, that's what's happened. Right? Yeah. So there was a third. There was a third athlete as well in the group, uh, Daryl Nita, who's a, who's another sprinter. So she's decided that she has is going to leave or has left the group and has maintained her funding and she's currently looking for another group or coach to go to so she she accepted that she needed to move whereas the other two have decided that they'll forego their funding it's not just funding it's also medical support um so they'll um forego that to continue to work with their coach okay and have they obviously Obviously, the situation's ongoing with the coach and there are investigations ongoing. Mm-hmm. Um, have the athletes said why they won't go yet, those those two athletes in particular? Uh, not that I've seen in particular from those two. The, my understanding is um, that as the case is ongoing, innocent until proven guilty, 
And so I think that seems to be the stance until they see that something is uh, is done or someone's charged, they're going to continue as they were, is, is my understanding. Yeah, and I kind of, when I read this story originally, I thought that seems like a, that sounds like a, a reasonable position to take. So I wonder if, if you know why UK Athletics have, have taken the step to, to, to put this position in place before the investigation is actually complete. So that seems to me quite unusual. And, and I don't know, in some ways that, I don't know, if it was a criminal investigation, for example, you wouldn't, you wouldn't uh, necessarily think that the, a major outcome that could potentially influence proceedings or um, uh, would be tolerated kind of beforehand. Like, for example, if somebody was investigated for something, uh, I don't know, criminally, you wouldn't expect them to necessarily lose their job before the investigation had concluded. Um, so it, it seems a bit like that the athletes may have some grounds for some form of appeal in the future uh, if the coach is found to be innocent in this case. UK Athletics must be pretty confident in the findings to to take this step, uh, I guess. I think there's a couple of things on that. Um, I think, firstly, there are multiple um, complaints that have been made against the coach by numerous people. Um, so it's not just one person. And, and then I also think it's worth noting the response from UK Athletics to... Uh, GB athletes represent or uh, continuing to train with Salazar. Um, so I think my understanding again is that they've changed the policy after they did an uh, an investigation into what happened with Salazar in 2020, um, and athletes continuing to work with him. And I think this is probably their policy now: is that once a coach has some charges, they're not going to wait for that coach to be charged. They're going to try and remove. Um, association so that if there is a problem they don't have to explain or or worry about things further down the line it's just a clean you know we're not we don't want to be seen to be involved with people that do things um, but you're right in terms of char the charge yeah a lot of people would say innocent until proven guilty um, so it's a pretty I wonder what the legal ramifications are for the athletes if if there's no charge against the coach in this case or in any case. And then, and then what they're able to do to get money back or, um, or even, well, like Daryl Neat has left. So what about if she goes somewhere and gets less performance? Um, uh, there's, there's other, other interesting things going on in that training group. Um, one of the lead runners in that group, and it is a group of, it's not just got GB athletes. It's got Andre de Grasse, who's a Canadian 100 meter runner, uh, who's an uh, Olympic medalist. It's also got um, Okagbari, who was the Nigerian sprinter. Um, now she was one of the favourites to win the Olympics women's 100 meters in Tokyo, but she got banned for doping uh, in between the one of the heats and the semi. I think. So, so this is from a test that she did in June. So that's also part of the training group as well, is that you have an athlete within that group who's been banned for doping. 
Um, and I imagine alarm bells at UKA are ringing about after again what happened with Salazar um, and subsequently his ban. Um, for the um, for the listeners, I wonder if we could maybe give a bit of context around uh, Salazar and and the history of that as well, because uh, like obviously it was it was huge, <laughs> it was huge news. I imagine most people that are listening to this have an understanding, but just for for maybe the the handful of people that don't, I wonder if you could give like a thirty second summary of of the situation that happened with uh, Alberto Salazar. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Salazar ran the Origin Project in the U in the US, um, and it was funded by um, Nike, uh, and it was run basically out of the Nike headquarters. Um, Salazar is a former uh, marathon runner, very intense guy. He um, he was sanctioned in October twenty nineteen um, for. Uh, doping violations he appealed and his appeal was only heard um only heard in uh september so he got he had his ban upheld four-year ban upheld for doping violations there's also been some other things uh violations he's also had a, received a ban um for his, his abuse of athletes um so he he basically uh worked with an endocrinologist to uh enhance performance uh through ways that would would fail a, a doping test and then um basically lied about what was happening okay so i guess from that perspective then in this case uk athletics has has, has been burnt pretty recently so they are thinking I guess in many ways it's almost like suspending or putting somebody on gardening leave, that kind of analogy really, rather than... Um, yes, yeah. Uh, potentially, it doesn't sound like they've made any kind of public statement around outcomes. They've just advised the athletes that actually we can't be seen to be supporting this. And actually, whilst there is an investigation pending, basically, we're, we would ask you to move... Um, have you heard anything about their position? How, do, do you know anything about what they've actually asked of the athletes or how they've framed this? Because I, to me, that seems like an important distinction potentially. That if they've if they've if they've publicly released and said, "Look, we would like the athletes to move away from this individual while the investigation is happening," um, then some of the headlines and the way that this issue has been framed um, may not be quite as uh, I don't know. Sensational was <laughs> some of the headlines and some of the uh, the tabloids would have us believe. Are you aware on? Well, on in, inside the games, have reported that UK Athletics told athletes coached by by the coach that they had to cease training with him in Florida after the US Safe Center uh, US Center for Safe Sport investigation was opened. So they gave them the option. Uh, that they could move and continue to get their funding, or if they stayed, they would. They knew that they would have their funding cut based on the opening of the investigation. So that's that's what is being reported that UK Athletics told athletes. Okay, so it is it is kind of then that that they've they are asking people to 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 park whilst this investigation is happening, and that seems much more reasonable uh, in this case of. So they basically said that to the the athletes, 
if you move to another coach, we will continue funding you. But if you stay, your funding your funding is cut, right? Yeah, and this is due to um, a change in their policy uh, in recent years. It was brought in last year under Joanna Coates, who who said, yeah, she's changed the policy. You can't have a relationship with your athlete. Um, uh, and then that brought in news from this specific coach about about some of his um, ways of doing it. And as I say, I think it's also, it's a mixture of that and then a response to the fact that they've been seriously burnt by continuing to work with Salazar after he said that he hadn't, hadn't done. So the charges on Salazar were... Um, were that he uh, is guilty of three offences, possession of testosterone, complicity with a doctor to administer prohibited method and tampering with dope and control. So uh, I think that they were quite burnt by that. And I, in fact, they had leading UK athletes work continue to work with Salazar, I think has meant that this is probably where their policy has come down to in terms of not working with somebody under investigation. Rather than waiting for the investigation to be over, it seems that they've moved at the opening of the investigation rather than the conclusion. And you can understand that in, in the Salazar case, obviously, we're not mentioning the name of the athlete, but everybody will know who we're talking about. Um, arguably one of our highest profile athletes in the UK and actually much in the same way as the, my argument earlier around how this the, the position they're taking could potentially sway people's perceptions around uh, the innocence or or otherwise of the athlete, uh, of the coach, sorry, in this situation. In the Salazar case, the athlete was quite vocal. Uh, the the, the high-profile athlete um, was quite vocal. And, and actually, by giving athletes that platform as well, it's, it's almost just as bad as, <laughs> as the approach that they've taken. Um, having that ability to skew public perception mm -hmm. and, and uh, inf interfere with the case. It's a bit of a messy old situation regardless. It doesn't seem like, um, it doesn't seem like there's an easy way of dealing with these situations. Uh, anyway, you look at it, frankly. So um, yeah, I think, I think the more that we've discussed this, the more I think actually, sounds like a more of a reasonable step that they've taken i think it's a precaution i mean i can't imagine how terrible it would be if if it turns out he's charged how if you continue to support you know at some point we've got to recognize that this is uk taxpayers money and it yes it comes through a why you know it's we pay for it but it you know it's through the lottery and the, you know grant from the government etc but it is public money and there is a responsibility to spend that money in a way that meets the values that they're meant to be. And I think that the British public, if they've been paying attention, which I'm not sure if they have, but if they have been paying attention to Olympic sport in the in GB, a lot of us, a lot of the sports have been um, panned or investigated for abuse of athletes or welfare issues or funding funding you know inappropriate use of public funding since 2013 british cycling have had two investigations um other sports i think it's something like eight of the top 11 sports from the rio olympics have had investigations since 2016 where i think trust in what's going on if you're paying attention is is reduced significantly um there is still a 
you know, that money is there to win medals. So I think that a lot of people still want there to be a success attached to it. But I feel that athletes have probably found their voice in terms of saying they've had enough now. Um, and uh, and the public hopefully are paying attention to how our money is being spent. And instead of pointing at well-known countries that go beyond the realms of the grey areas, actually, in some of our sports, we are just as bad. Um, and I think people will need to be a bit more realistic about what's going on. Um, it might not be what we want to hear, but I think that we need to be realistic that if we're if we're going to claim to be a clean nation with clean athletes, then you can't be seen to work with people that are, have doping violations. If we claim to be athlete first and focus on athlete welfare, you can't hire coaches who have athlete, relationships with their athletes or or have investigations opened to them about sexual abuse. So I think it's a positive move. Obviously, if he's not charged, it's not a positive move, but I think it's an understandable one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, either way. Okay, let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, we can dig into this a little bit more. Hello and welcome back. Uh, in the first part of this discussion, uh, we kind of outlined the ongoing uh, case with uh, uh, a couple of athletes that have had their funding withdrawn um, uh, through working with coach uh, Raina Reader. Um, I think one of the things that, that we haven't really talked about yet, and we've kind of been skirting around this issue a little bit, just making sure that we get our ducks in a line before we before we discuss is what the actual allegations are um so trist did you like obviously we have to be careful with these things i think it's, it's it'd be important to to just uh to discuss what has been discussed in the news um but so what is your take on what the investigations are currently uh so the complaints that have been made are uh, multiple complaints of sexual misconduct have been made against him. And so the US Center for Safe Sport are investigating uh, the complaints into uh, sexual misconduct. And this is part of what they do. US Center for Safe Sport is an organization that um, handles investigations and complaints into abuse and misconduct in Olympic sports. So I'm reading this from a, this is from a Guardian article uh, from last week. And um, uh, he, he um, so he has that happening. And then also what's come as an offshot of that is last uh, night, in the middle of the night, it was reported by the Times that whilst he was uh, uh, the sprint coach for UK athletics, he had a relationship, intimate relationship. I'm reading this from the Times. Uh, relation, intimate relationship with an 18 year old British junior female athlete um, so he was uh, reported by a doctor um, uh, after being seen with this athlete holding hands um, uh, and and the doctor can, you know, said it was about inappropriate based on the power differential um, and although she was 18 it was viewed as a vulnerable adult because of the difference in their status and 
and age and maturity and the position that he had versus the position that she was in. Um, I think that the UKA policy has subsequently changed. At the time, it wasn't a policy, um, but instead of investigating it, the suggestion is that he was allowed to leave um, because he was producing fast athletes. Um, uh, and so it was an, an example of athletes who, uh, coaches who are providing athletes and medals was rather than, you know, saying this was inappropriate um, and we're not going to stand for it. And I think largely that's, that's a lot of that's happened in the Olympic movement, the last three or four Olympic cycles. And I don't know if it's happened before and it wasn't reported on or it was happened before and it was not deemed inappropriate, but it, it increasingly seems to be reported on now by the press and by whistleblowers about inappropriate relationships. And I reluctantly use the term relationship. I don't deem it as a relationship. I deem it as an abuse of power and it's, it's abuse. It's not a relationship. Um, but I think it's, we see we're seeing more and more of this. So in this context, I think the, the article states it was a that he was a forty four year old man at the time. Um, they talk about his marital status. But I don't think that's necessarily uh, relevant here. I think it's talk, talk, talking about power dynamics. Forty four year old man who is the coach of this eighteen year old athlete, um, and although perhaps not illegal, certainly in the UK. Um, and possibly at the time, it wasn't even a case of actually it was contravening any kind of rules within UK athletics, although subsequently those rules have been changed. As you say, um, it sounds like it sounds like the people within UK athletics were uncomfortable by the situation, to say the least, uh, and made some recommendations around uh, effectively uh, advising uh, uh reader around these issues uh and him moving on um but again it, it, it's it's I, I guess it's a very awkward situation for uh for an organization like uk athletics to find themselves in because it's, it's kind of not surprising really when you think about it that these coaches these individuals that are literally often brought in to push the, the boundaries and find the lines around acceptability in, in order to enhance performance but actually they push boundaries in other areas of of their lives as well it kind of from a psychological perspective I, I can't imagine why people would expect them to switch it on and off in different different contexts um i also think that when you spend a lot of time with the best at the world at something that a lot of people try and do and then you um your a lot of one-on-one -on -one time uh, but also uh, like elite athletes are incredibly driven and they will do what is required to be successful and that's quite that's quite a nice quality to see in people because you don't see that a lot in people and so you spend time with these amazing people that will do a lot of what you have asked them to do and they'll ask you if they can do you know more training and what do i need to do on nutrition and, and it's just incredible to work with these people so I, I get that you would stand back and admire and think about how lucky you are to spend time with these incredible athletes and incredible humans because most of the time they're pretty incredible in other areas of their life as well, not just in the athletic field. But, but you, you're, you know, a Venn diagram is that you're, you know, 
a sports coach and they're an athlete in the sport you coach and that's it and yes you might get closer and talk about other things but that's where your world has, has collided it hasn't collided because you were on a dating app or that um you know she wants drugs and you've got them it's that it's that you're you so you are pushing performance but you you have to understand that when you see the best in the people they are flawed people as well but you are receiving the best of them because you are on the receiving end of what they they're motivated by most and that's incredibly great to be around but it doesn't mean you know i think some people get confused about them being attracted to that and it's like no 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 you do your job do your job and and a lot of people bristle when I say that you shouldn't be able to have a sexual relationship and again I think it's abuse regardless of age or consent in sport because we don't do it in other things but in coaching it just seems to be anything goes if you can win an Olympic medal I think pretty much you're going to get away with any behavior if as long as you guarantee you'll continue to win medals for that period I think, and of I time. think that History yeah. seems to suggest yeah. that when you stop winning medals, then the world will fall on mm. you pretty quickly. So you better be good yeah. be good for a very long time. Or, or when the people that you abuse or manipulated to thinking it was normal realise it wasn't, that's you're in a world of trouble then. But uh, but I think that we've seen that sports organisations, if you're winning medals, and let's face it, medals means money, and it also means fame and adulation to everyone involved in that. If you win medals... I think that most behaviours have been uh, ignored. And I think that we are on the cusp of a massive change now, not just historically. We had we had the, the Me Too movement and that continues and it continues in sport. But I think that athletes are now speaking up about things that happened much more recently or even presently and they're saying, oh, I've had enough of this now. So I think that, UKA have done a wise thing by stepping aside and asking their athletes um, to do the same, giving them the option. The, the athletes, of course, have got their own say and they can do exactly how they seem fit. I mean, I wouldn't want to train in a group with someone who's got a doping ban and and um, and until, until they're proven guilty, the charges, you know, the, the coach is innocent until proven guilty. But... I don't even think it's a funding issue. I think it's a moral issue now in an elite sport. I think you choose the path that, yeah. Uh, I think that was a really one. interesting discussion. I think we, um, I think we've covered the key areas. It, obviously, this is an emerging story. There will be things that that come out over time. Um, hopefully, we can kind of take another look at this in maybe six months to a year's time, and and look at how the story has changed and um this is by no means meant to be a fixed discussion even though it will be fixed in time because it's part, as far as i'm concerned this is a dynamic uh story and i would like our response to this to be somewhat dynamic as well so uh thank you very much for your time this evening tristan and uh hopefully we can continue this discussion